0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on January the 21st, 2020. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist. Purposefully skipping the name list this week, it's. Caffeine Rage? Right? Indeed. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we've played. Rockstar has removed GTA 4 from Steam because of Games for Windows Live. Every Half-Life game is free to play on Steam for the next two months. Joe Biden calls game developers, quote, little creeps who make titles that, quote, teach you how to kill. And if we have time, we'll be hitting a Steam Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. How much of that cut out? Uh, here and there, but not as bad as usual. So, oh, that's hey, good. That's a positive progress. We're slowly, maybe, making progress on our audio issues. Oh no,
1: maybe it is me, and uh, maybe I have some sort of audio issue with my computer. Which, uh, if it's stemming from where I think it might be, it's not the first time I've had an issue with my motherboard. I think next time yeah. I build, I think next time I build a computer, I'm not going to bother with ASUS.
0: We're pretty sure we've eliminated Craig as the problem. He might yeah. aggravate the problem, but we don't think he's the source of the problem. Mm-hmm. And we don't think that I'm the problem. For once. For once. But that leaves sort of Discord itself or something wrong with. Or a
1: Windows update really doesn't like my hardware. Which, if that's the case, you know, there's not a lot I could do for a couple months.
0: Have to. Find an alternative recording solution or crawl back to Skype and be very sad. But that's a problem for another day. We've spent over an hour trying to fix this and we got to do something to get the show out. So what does it they say? The show must go on. Hopefully. Uh, Thank you, Elton John. (laughs) God, I wish I was Elton John. Rich and fabulous. Neither of which am I those things. But as long as Craig didn't mess up earlier, there are a couple of stories that I told that will be good Franken content. And I guess we have recorded bits and pieces of this, although I don't think anybody wants to hear us sit quietly and go, is that different? Is that better? What if you try this? Some poster said this on Reddit. Yeah. Oh, well. So without further ado, let's go ahead and go talk about some games we played this week. I've got two, you've got three. Do you wanna do the sandwich thing or well, well I got well I still have like two and a half because I could talk on
1: yours. Yeah, that's true. It's however you want to do it. So yeah, we could go back and forth. So uh a couple of weeks ago I'm happy to reach a little bit because I wanted to uh start focusing on uh, where the water tastes like wine or game club for next week so that cut into my game time so uh, let's go back a little bit and talk about when I fired up Totally Accurate Battle Simulator which is on Game Pass and this is one of those times that yeah, you know, okay it's interesting I'm not sure if I would pay 15 bucks for it but it's uh, included in the subscription let's go ahead and check it out anyway and it is in kind of an interesting, almost puzzle game, but this is so twitch bait. This it's not even funny. Uh, it's one of those games that doesn't give you any idea what the fuck is going on. It basically just throws you in the well, not even the deep end because the game honestly isn't that deep, and it builds itself off of wacky physics and uh, yeah figure out how it's going to work out. Uh, But in the end, I just found myself annoyed by it because the game is really random and what works and what doesn't. Which, since I was treating it as almost a puzzle game, doesn't work work out all that well. It's sort of like uh, back when I was playing Cluster Trucks and I got annoyed with it because The physics would do odd things and sometimes would make a level unbeatable. Well, that's not fun to me. Uh, Sure, it's kind of funny if you're streaming and, uh, you know, uh, laughing at it, but uh, it's sort of like, uh, well, you know, gratuitous space battles, right? Yeah, I like gratuitous space battles. Okay. I mean, you basically just set up an army and then let the two uh, fight, uh, fight it out yes you can take direct, uh, direct control of a single unit but that's usually not very helpful whenever there's you know 20 30 uh, different enemies on each or different units on each side but then there's other times where you know, you're able to just cheese the game by oh selecting an archer and you know, picking off the two units that it's going to throw at you it's it is silly it is goofy But it's not really what I was looking for whenever I wanted something, you know, fun to play. Uh, Like I said, it, it, it just feels so much like Twitch break that I just couldn't really get into it. Which is a shame because it looked interesting. It looked kind of goofy. It looked fun but it wasn't fun because there's really no tactics. It's just I'll try it, and maybe it'll work this time. Maybe it won't, right?
0: Yeah, it has looked very fun to watch when I've seen, like, people, you know, put it on their YouTube channels or whatever, but I've always thought, I've never played it, but I've always thought, you know, this would be fun for, like, a half an hour, and then it would get old.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much a a great example of why the Game Pass is so good, is that, yeah, play for that half an hour, let it get old, and, you know, turn it off. It is still in early access though, so maybe they'll add something uh, interesting. But it's been in early access since, or sorry, it's been in active development since late 2016. And honestly, outside of the campaign mode essentially just being a handful of puzzle levels, uh, Mm -hmm. which are all themed, so like the early ones are all Deandrothals. So, yeah, you have. and Neanderthals with clubs. You have Neanderthals with primitive uh, bows. You have, ne- or, sorry, uh, with spears. You have Neanderthals uh, that have a very primitive primitive shield. Then you have uh, like a witch doctor that's uh, able to uh, summon spikes. Uh, and it feels like it's there's not a lot of nuance to it. You know, it feels like okay, you have to do it this way. Uh, in the puzzle levels or in the campaign levels, uh, and no other way. Well, uh, the same box mode is pretty much the same way. Only it, you know, you're able to just you know throw whatever. So you know throw a mammoth at a uh, at a Roman legion, right? Right. And, and sometimes it works out because uh, the physics uh, work in your favor and knocks over half the uh, the legion. Sometimes it doesn't. It just kinda uh Yeah, you know, it's just a you know, like I said, twitch bait.
0: Uh, load it up
1: for a half an hour and try it out, right?
0: Yeah, I mean I'll probably do that just eventually at some point, unless it disappears off the game pass, but I mean yeah. your your thoughts are basically what I expected when I eventually played it. Well, I was uh, trying out to see if there
1: was more to it than you know, what it looks like. Because there has been times that I went into a game that you know, I wasn't uh, expecting to think a lot of. And it turned out to be deeper than I thought it would be or more interesting. Right. Like, uh, one JRPG is a good example. I was expecting it to be just a dumb JRPG, but there was some nuance to it. Uh, uh It was the quartet one.
0: Omega Quintet? Omega
1: Quintet, yeah. Yeah, I went into that expecting absolutely nothing out of it, and actually was a fairly decent JRPG. So, you know, there are times that I am pleasantly surprised. This was just one of those times that I went in with my preconceived notions, and turned out I was way overshooting what I thought, uh, what I should be thinking about this game. It's even worse. Yeah, so if you want a battle simulator that you could actually do stuff in, uh, I would suggest going to check out Gratuitous Space Battles,
0: <laughs> or possibly Gratuitous Tank
1: Battles. Ah, uh, I'm of mixed feelings at that one. It's I've played both Gratuitous Tank Battles. It's a little closer to tower defense than what the uh, original was. And it's starting to feel a little like there's one solution to everything. Instead of gratuitous uh, space battles where you had a lot more options. But uh, maybe that was just me. And it has been a long time since I tried it.
0: Yeah, I know I played it at one point, but it's been a couple of years, I think. I think I played it when I was during that time when I was unemployed, which was about two years ago. So. Mm Yeah. Sweet. Well, is it my turn? Yeah. Cool. This first one's gonna go pretty fast. Um, so I played Galaxy of Pen and Paper for I don't know, four or five hours. I actually played this one around Christmas time. I- I've held on to a few games to help string me along while I've been playing stuff that takes like fifty to a hundred hours or more to get through. Um C just calls three. Yeah. So Galaxy of pen and paper um, is a it's supposed to be a a tabletop inspired or tabletop like um, game. But really, it just plays like a JRPG, which is fine. But that's not exactly what I wanted it for or what I expected when I played it. Um, I got it. I'm pretty sure a, a review code for this. I don't,
1: no, I don't no. know where no, I got I, this.
0: I have it. I had this. No, this game came out in 2017. Maybe I got it as a bundle or something because I had it and I didn't remember buying it. Um, I mean, it's not bad. It's not a bad game. It's a pretty solid JRPG system. There's some pretty decent uh complexity to the different character types and the way you can build a character. There is certainly some tabletop elements with sort of rolling, uh, randomizing some stats and. Attacks being, you know, actions being played out as dice rolls. And you do get some situations that pop up and you can choose to do things and you might have to roll on it based on your character level or skill or whatever. But pretty quickly, it just turns into min-max your party so that you get kind of good synergy between everyone and then just click till you win. Because if you get the right party composition with the right sort of abilities, all you can stun lock enemies or make them all like fight each other all the time. Or there's a few different things you can do that are basically OP and the the AI has no counter for the beginning of the game is super grindy and really boring because you only have two characters and they're super weak. But then after the first few hours, when you build up and get the next party member and get away from the initial starting area and get access to your ship, um, because this is a, a sci-fi themed game, then the game just becomes super easy, and the story is okay, but a lot of it is just randomly. You're like you're clicking like randomly generate battle, randomly generate quest, and in the beginning, so you can build up. Like I said, so you can grind your way to success. So it's got a lot of good sort of front end. I guess world building where you do your character creation and choose your class and choose the backgrounds and like reading through all the stuff that they've made, looking at the stats and then it's like, okay, just click till you win. And if you die, it's okay. You'll still get some XP for the enemies you did kill and you'll grind up to, you know, towards the next level. So, I mean, it's okay, but it's not great. There's better JRPGs out there. The, what is it? Because this is the not the first game in this series, because there's several of, you know, something of pen and paper. I think there's one that's Knights of Pen and Paper and Office of Pen and Paper or something like that. This is like the I think the third one that this developer has made. And um, Knights of Pen and Paper is really good because it's a lot more like classic D&D. And the story is is told in a little bit better way. So, you know, it's not bad if you're really looking for something that's a little bit silly, that's got a little bit of sort of nerdy 90s referential humor um, and sort of a casual JRPG. It's definitely not like bad and it'll run on anything. It ran no problems on my laptop over Christmas at my parents' house. So... You know, it's not like a total waste, but it's also not great. If you catch it on sale for like a couple of bucks, I think it's probably worth that if you like this sort of thing. But I mean, I wouldn't pay $15 for it. Or if it shows up in a bundle or something like that, like it it would be worth it as part of a collection. Sort of a fun to play for a while, but then kind of drop it type games. So yeah, Galaxy of Pen and Paper.
1: Okay, which brings it back around to me for... Uh, one of the games that has about the worst title possible for what it actually is, Simple Rockets Two. So this is the second uh, game in the Simple Rockets series, and for those who've played the first one, it was a very simple, hence the name, two D rocket simulator. Think of it sort of like a stepping stone from not knowing anything about rocket science to science to KSP. Or, or Kerbal Space Program. I shouldn't use the initialism because that's annoying whenever people don't know what it is. Well, Simple Rockets 2, uh, the training wheels are off. It, They've gone absolutely insane with this game to both a good and bad degree. So this is still in early access. Both of my games this week were early access titles. But Simple Rockets 2, they've, like I have said, gone nuts. They've introduced things like different propellants, uh, different, uh, there's a lot of tweakables on the rocket engines already. Uh, it's basically uh, like you're playing with procedural parts, so you're able to build up pretty much anything you want out of just a handful of different parts uh, and be able to tweak the size and uh, scale of everything. There's, uh, It's daunting. And there's uh, layers that haven't even scratched. Like, they have a fully programmable autopilot system in this game that goes just insanely deep. Going from uh, uh, pulling uh, uh, orbital mechanic numbers to be able to do things that MechJab could only dream of.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, uh, is this like MechJab or comparable
1: to MechJab? No, no, no. This is programmable, as in you're going in and setting parameters. This is not like going in and hitting a button on MechJab. I this thought you could ag- program
0: MechJab, though. To to some
1: degree, yes. But this is uh, more like a Kerbal operating system, where you're going in and building an actual program. It's nuts. And they're talking about building an actual career mode that the original never had. Uh, Putting in a planet builder and other features. So the game is far from complete, but there's absolutely a lot to do if you're willing to just goof around in uh, a a sandbox mode right now. You can see a little bit of it uh, in the uh, recent events where on start countdown from 3 then display blast off, set throttle to full uh lock heading to current then activate stage wait for altitude to hit this it's a lot simpler than the ko uh than uh, kerbal uh, operating system was but it's uh performs the same purpose of uh just drag and drop and uh, build a full programming tree it's actually quite impressive on just how much you could do with it on top of that like I said there's a lot of tinkering that you could do with engines there's a lot of tinkering you could do with uh, the various uh, tanks and uh, structural components people have gone absolutely nuts there's a full let, let's put it this way I was goofing around with the uh, workshop and just seeing what people are building Somebody built the Falcon Heavy, complete with Tesla uh, payload. <laughs> nice, that's very cool. Fully, fully working. It just doesn't have the autopilot built into it, uh, unfortunately. I mean, they've done a lot with this game already, and it'll be interesting to see what just they do uh, in the future, as well as what the modding community does if they latch to it because that's the thing is that uh, the uh, community does seem to be behind them, but how many of them are actually modders, right?
0: Yeah. That's very cool, though. Um, I had not necessarily avoided it, but I really thought too much about it. I don't have anything against Simple Rockets, but I like more complexity in that type of game, so... Yeah, you wanted
1: some more complexity.
0: Well, Simple Rockets 2 has it in spades.
1: Nice. And I will say that it does feel a little bit like a mobile title at times, just with how the camera is handled. But they also have some nice quality of life things that they brought over from the mobile version. That sounds a little crazy saying that, but having the ability to control the craft from sliders so that you could uh, hit a little bit better of a... uh, a, a gravity turn instead of having to uh, tweak uh, and repeatedly tap a button for example since keyboard controls are not analog having it where you could set uh roll pitch and yaw to slider so that you could hit at an exact angle instead of trying to tweak the uh Craft to meet your control uh, to be able to deal with the digital input of a uh, keyboard is nice, or be able to use the uh the ring system that they have so each of the planes that you can control a craft on has a ring that you could use to adjust it as well, which is a holdover from the mobile version of simple rockets and you could use that instead, and the rocket will respond to that which sounds silly uh, that I'm praising them for uh, holding over something like that for mobile. But for some craft, that actually works a little bit better. To be able to hold to one plane and have the rest of the uh, craft uh, respond to it. And have the... Not really fly itself, because it still requires a lot of uh, nuance. But have it uh, be more accessible. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, trying to think of anything else really, because it's still in the early access phases. Uh, they do have a uh, mechanical or, or, uh, mechanics in it as well as in, uh, the Falcon heavy, uh, uh, mock-up I toyed around with for about five minutes, but wasn't able to fly because I had no idea just how it was supposed to fly. Uh, whenever it launches, the strong back is in it, and it actually tilts back uh, properly, <laughs> like uh, the real Falcon Heavy or Falcon uh, spacecraft does, because it's hooked up to hydraulics. Mm-hmm. They have they have uh, hinges. They have hydraulics in the game already. And there's some really impressive stuff. There's, uh, I'm just looking at the Steam community. Uh, they have the 1010 rocket from the Adventures of 1010. Actually on the moon.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: uh, Interesting. Uh, they have uh, someone launching Sputnik. There's, I believe that's the. Uh, original uh, Enterprise Uh, as in uh, before uh, the refit Uh, they have uh, (laughs) Air Force One (laughs) because it does do planes as well and with the procedural parts you're able to get quite a bit out of it and you're not having to try to you know build these things out of just you know all the little pieces to try to fit them together like a jigsaw puzzle, which is a nice uh, change of pace from how Kerbal does it. But yeah, overall, I'm rather impressed with it. It'll be nice to see a proper tutorial outside of just the... uh, just how to build a craft with a few parts. Uh, see them talk about different propellants, the pros and cons of it, or see that come in more and more into play, especially if you go into a career mode. hmm But overall, it's not a bad start for, or, well, I picked it up, I think it was like six or seven bucks. I picked a pretty deep discount on the Steam Winner sale. And I, I would say it's worth it.
0: Good to know. You've definitely piqued my interest with the fact that it's got more complexity. Yeah. Less less simple rockets, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's not so simple rockets. Yeah. Um. So my next game is one that you talked about, I guess, two weeks ago, since last week was the award show. Uh, Just Cause 3. So I picked it up and started playing it. Well, picked it up in the sense of, like, I started playing it um yeah because I, I sent it to you for christmas yeah
1: merry christmas um yeah, I, yeah i'm drinking the coffee you sent me for christmas
0: <laughs> merry christmas i uh i really like it but god fuck playing this game with keyboard and mouse yeah the- uh, yeah i am started
1: to just juggle back and forth between keyboard and mouse and uh controller depending on what i'm doing because
0: damn yeah, the running and the shooting and the things is is great with the keyboard and mouse. Perfect. Just like you would expect. But every single vehicle interaction is just a nightmare. It doesn't matter. Air aircraft, helicopters, cars and trucks, boats, they're they're all terrible. So I just started using my controller to play it. There's so much auto aim that the shooting isn't really too much of a problem. And um I do think that it, that the controller does make gliding around with the uh, wingsuit and the parachute makes it better and easier. But, I mean, those were fine with keyboard and mouse because that's basically an extension of your your character at that point. They handle more like you than a vehicle. But God, trying to do anything in this game with vehicles sucks. Even with the controllers, some of them are not all that great. Um. Any... Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. It. Yeah. It just feels like uh, all the cars are like PS One era driving games.
0: Yeah.
1: i uh, boat... no, Oh, sorry. I think it's. I think it's partly just due to the fact that the camera on practically any vehicle sucks. More so,
0: any any vehicle that has a lot of lean to it, like a motorcycle. Ugh. Yeah. Although, as far as the vehicles go, I don't really have too much issue trying to control the motorcycles. Anything that's too fast is a nightmare, a lot because of the camera, but also partly because they handle like garbage. Uh, airplanes are a disaster. Um, helicopters are fine. Boats are fine. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much all the vehicles. I mean, tanks and stuff like that are fine. It takes a little yeah, bit used to...
1: I was going to say tanks move so slowly that yeah, you know, it's kind of hard to mess them up. And honestly, they're not really tanks because um, they don't have treads.
0: Do any of them have treads? I know that I'll, no, everything I've seen them. now is okay. I was going to say everything I've seen now is has got wheels, but I'm assuming that stuff eventually gets treads. But I guess not. Nope. Nope. Um. The uh, the handling the tanks takes a little bit of getting used to because the camera follows the turret. So, I mean, how I've seen this done in basically any other game I've ever played with a tank that I can think of is that you move the camera and then the turret sort of moves with a little bit of lag because it's you know it's slow. So you move the camera to where you want and then you wait for the turret to rotate it around. But instead, the camera follows the turret, and it's got just a little it what feels like just a little bit of. I don't know, drift to it. If that makes sense. Like, kind of like the cursor will bounce around or move around a little bit. It's real bad if you're trying to drive and move the turret at the same time. Yeah. Uh,
1: I'm just going back to like World of Tanks where, uh, yeah, it's so much better a, a whole, uh, uh be able to look around just because uh, you're not beholden to this archaic. Uh, okay, move the. Uh, Mouse. Okay. Now pick up the mouse, move it again because the turret will only move like, you know, one eighth of of a circle, right?
0: Yeah. And specifically on the mission where you have to steal the Bavarium tank and like drive it to the drop point, when enemies spawn behind you and in front of you at the same time, it's like, well, fuck. Because it takes a while to spin the turret around. Usually I would just stop, activate the shield and like just stop and shoot people until they were dead and then drive forward oh i uh, uh got
1: out and uh called in some uh support with the rebel drop and then uh, got back in
0: <laughs> the tank and started driving nice the uh the only mission so far i've had any issue with trying to play with the controller is the one where you're doing like sniper support and that one's pretty pretty rough because it's a controller but I, I mean, I managed to make it work. Those the two people you're trying to protect, they've got a ton of health and also they fight back, too. So it's not too much babysitting. But I mean, I, right now, all I'm doing is bitching. I really, really like this game. I'm having a blast playing it. Um, I think in general, I kind of echo most of your sentiments that you discussed last time. The upgrade system is a little weird. If it was like you earn the gears and then you could just buy the upgrades that you wanted with them, that's fine. But because you have to get them in order, it's like, well, I don't care about this one. You know, I want to oh, get.
1: The... Oh, oh, I, I hit a point with the wingsuits suits because, uh, uh, I, I have one of the DLCs that gives you a, a a better wing suit. Well, I have like fifteen gears that I have to get before I get another meaningful upgrade there because, okay, the braking. That's built into the upgraded one. And landing, that's also built into the upgraded one. So that's two upgrades that were made completely obsolete by a DLC.
0: Yeah. I don't I don't have any of the wingsuit upgrades. So anytime I touch something, it's like, well, I'm falling out of the sky. <laughs> but, you know, it's fine. I've gotten pretty good at flying around in the wingsuit. And I mean, I know that in the DLC you have the powered one, so it's basically like just having another little plane. But I I enjoy the movement um, and the control of the wingsuit and the parachute combination so much that I barely use fast travel, which I have three flares and you can fast travel for free in areas that you control. I, I noticed that. Actually, I think maybe that was one of the hints on the loading screen, but you, know, you so you can fast travel around a lot, and but I'm just like, nah, it's only like four kilometers. I'll wingsuit over there. That's fine. And it's just enjoyable. Um, this is probably what I what I think of as one of the best examples of an open world game done right. There is lots of stuff to do, and maybe it is busy work, but it doesn't feel like busy work. The the thing that feels the closest like busy work, whatever, to me is doing the challenges to get the the you know the points for the upgrades but just sort of in general like okay here's the missions i gotta do i need to liberate the fuck out of all of these villages and these bases i'm like sweet you know kind of like um just like like a gear up montage is like okay it's time to go do the thing let me get all my stuff ready and then i'm gonna go in you know, and I might call in a support drop to get some specific weapons or something if I'm going to take on a fort, but it's just enjoyable. I will play it for, you know, an hour, two hours at a time, maybe more hop in and go around and liberate the shit out of things. And it's great. That loop so far has not gotten old for me. And there's enough variety in this stuff where it's like, okay, do I want to do something like super combat heavy and take on like a base or a, a fortress or whatever, Or, you know, do I want to do something that's a little bit less about that and go liberate a town or a village? So there's good variety. My favorite thing
1: I've been doing is with the powered wingsuit, go Uh take on an oil rig.
0: Yeah. I've done that a couple of times, although without a powered wingsuit. I've just taken a jet. Uh, I liberated the fuck out of one of their military bases that has an airfield. And so I have access to what basically is like a MiG twenty five and then like an F sixteen. And one of them has got bombs and then the other one has got like double missiles. Um mm-hmm. so it's like I'm gonna go make just make passes on an airfield. Or an airfield. I mean that's pretty oil, much what I'm doing Derek. but uh, but I don't have access to a chat actually. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing that I find interesting too. You and I are at least when we talked Sunday we're pretty close to each other in, like, the story, but, you know, you've played, like, probably twice as long as I have, and they've liberated the shit out of a lot more things. Yeah, like, I have
1: access to two different types of tanks. Uh I've done probably more of the challenges. I have all the tether upgrades now, which yeah. uh, is annoying because the tether upgrades are one of the few that require you to get full marks on all the challenges for it. Otherwise, you just have to sit there and only have like three or four of them, which the tether upgrades are actually pretty important because they increase the number of dual tethers, which is linking one item and another and then basically going three stooges and making them whack together. Which is fun. Yeah, it's also a lot of fun whenever you get the strength uh, mod. So uh, there's a mission coming up that I don't think you've done that gets a little hectic. I found having the tether upgrades really helps because you can just latch onto a, a vehicle and just go. Yeah, I don't need you anymore. Just fling it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want. I want the strength upgrade. I've only got the first upgrade that gives you uh, double the tethers, so I can do four instead of two. Yeah, I have yeah. six upgrades, and I have both the strength upgrades. So. I I did get the achievement for destroying or liberating an outpost um, with only using the tethers. That was fun.
1: Yeah, see, I've gotten it to the point where the bases I have are are starting to get a little bit more hectic. So I can't really do that until the end of the game where I could reset things.
0: Yeah. I uh, I did it on like a small base that only had like... I don't know, like... three or four fuel tanks and a generator and some radar. I, I'm at, I mean, I've also seen plenty of big bases, like these sort of naval yards that are beneath like mountains or whatever. Oh yeah. Those are, those are fucking insane. Thankfully there's no like death penalty. So you can die and just respawn and go try again. Um, Yeah.
1: But yeah, but at the same time, there's also really no uh, upgrade path for Rico outside of just getting more weapons because, uh, in the previous game, you could upgrade your health and upgrade the amount of damage you could take. This, it's like upgrade the amount of impact damage you could shrug off, essentially, whenever you clip something being Flying Squirrel Man. But outside of that, there's not really any upgrades. It's just you are you.
0: Yeah, when I got to the second set of islands or the second island, whatever, uh, landmass, I mean, I, st- I started getting the newer weapons, But they didn't, for the most part, feel significantly better than the other ones that I had. And the standard weapons, like the machine guns and the shotguns, like looking at my thing, like I've got all of those already. So it's basically just the special weapons, you know, like the different rockets and grenade launchers and stuff. And those honestly don't feel appreciably that much different from the RPG or the standard grenade launcher. Like, you know, I've used the multi rocket, you know, and that comes in handy for aircraft. But otherwise, you know. Effectively, whenever you're destroying a, or excuse me, whenever you're liberating the fuck out of something, it doesn't really make all that much difference. And the same goes for the multi-shot grenade launcher. the The lock-on missile launcher is pretty handy. I like that one. But other, you know, otherwise, it's like there's like six weapons that I'm like, oh, I can just take it or leave it. I don't care which one of these I get. So, I I like the handguns for sort of style but they are are nowhere near as useful as any of the dual machine guns you can use but the handguns are fun even even the stronger handguns i mean they can one shot kind of the weaker guys but their ammo count's low and when playing with a controller pray, spray and pray is a better option but yeah, for yeah for me i've been going uh uh
1: submachine gun uh Sometimes the revol- or sometimes the handguns, but I like to go with the uh uh machine gun as the two hander weapon, and then I kind of go between I have the multi missile launcher and the heat seeking or the oh sorry the infrared that you can paint a target with hmm and I've been going between the two of those depending on what I need, although I do have some more interesting options as well or starting to unlock those.
0: I've got the the airstrike uh, target painter. I've got that. Yeah, I
1: have, yeah, I have that. I, I haven't really used it. I do have a grenade launcher. I haven't toyed around with yet.
0: Yeah, but you know they, it, that that kind of sucks because it doesn't really feel like it matters all that much what weapons you get, and there might be certain points where certain things are definitely better. But like the, the or I
1: think it's all situational as well. But the thing is that. Especially once you get a few more be- or uh, beacons, where you could bring in more weapons, as long as you're not in like one of those underground bases, you could easily swap weapons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I've started using the beacons more, just like to sort of vary it up. But the the game is genuinely fun. I thoroughly enjoy playing it. It's a lot of fun. I haven't felt bored. Or you know, lost or anything yet? um I like the cast of characters. I mean, for the most part, they're they're stereotypes or or you know, or tropes or whatever. But they're fun. That doesn't stop them from being fun. um I like Rico. I like his kind of shitty one-liners. There's some really cool scenes. Yeah, there of, needs like, to be more of them. <laughs> there do, there do need to be. There's some really cool scenes, like over-the-top action, sort of movie cliche stuff. And I mean, I'll go ahead and say this because it's spoiled in the fucking trailer for the game. But like one of the the first islands sort of, I don't know, final mission or boss or whatever. Like you ride a missile and use your tether to crash it into the the ground so that it doesn't blow up a city. It's like you're fucking riding a missile like that's super cool. It was a lot of fun. And I mean, it's just a cutscene, But, you know, who the fuck cares? It's awesome. I'm like, yeah, go Rico. And then his like buddy, his best friend Mario is like, I will never do anything that fucking cool in my life. He's like, it was pretty cool. And then they got it like he kissed a cow for comic relief. Yeah. That was fun. Rico, I'm a cow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So it's a good game. I enjoy it. I mean, I think it's I've not played Four. Um, I have played one and two. One is kind of pointless at the, you know, it was, it's very old. It was co- sort of a proof of concept type thing. I mean, it's not a bad game, but it's just old and it suffers from that. I think two is still probably the best one, but I don't know how well it runs on more modern hardware. I don't know if it's a game that suffers from its age at this point, because I think two came out in like oh nine or something like that. Or yeah, I always the, had the trouble with 2010s. two. Uh-
1: I had this weird problem with too, where it would never save its options. So every time I would restart the game, it would be in windowed mode at 720p uh, with all the graphics uh, settings kind of uh, uh, at uh, extremely low.
0: I have had Just Cause 3 forget a few times to be in full screen mode and it's been borderless, or not borderless, it's been in windowed mode, but otherwise I haven't had that problem. But, I mean, Just Cause 3 is a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's not bad. I remember Just Cause 2 being better, but I also haven't played Just Cause 2 in, like, five years or something like that. Yeah, I Just... wish I
1: could have the Rebel Drop system with a Just Cause 2 upgrade system. Because Just Cause 2, it seemed to have more reason to do the upgrades, because you could build up what you want. Yeah. And they also... <sighs> They don't they didn't really have more upgrade or more collectibles scattered around. They just had more things that you had to find because you had the two different uh, t- or two or three different types of upgrade modules essentially that you had to collect a ton of. Uh but at the same time uh the upgrade or the collectibles in just calls three feel fairly pointless because okay have you done much of the collection of the upgrade or a collection of the collectibles?
0: Uh, no, basically none. I've picked up a couple. Okay. So, uh, you have vintage parts, which if you collect all of, you get
1: a weapon or, or a car or a vehicle of some sort. And from what I can tell, they are one of the better ones of their category, if not the best, but at the same time you have, Really no reason to use them over anything else because everything is kind of just what you like. Uh, You have tapes that are scattered throughout the map that basically gives the backstory of this dictator you're trying to overthrow.
0: Yeah, the tapes. I I found a couple of the tapes.
1: Yeah, and if you get all of those, you unlock his private helicopter, which is very badass. But at the same time, I honestly never really found a use for helicopters. Outside of mission specific things because all the bases are protected by uh, SAM missiles and the thing is that a helicopter cannot dodge those and you cannot pick those off far enough away to you know, be able to just avoid them. So they've always been like a mode of transportation at best or maybe taking out a town but or take out a few targets for a town but eh, it's just felt pointless. Uh, there's rebel shrines, which if you light all those, uh, you, uh, can fast travel for free from that province. But the thing is that they're so out of the way that by the time you find them, you've pretty much either liberated all of, or near all of uh, the different areas of that province. So, eh. And then there's the stunt jumps, which if you do all of them, Across the entire map, you get a monster truck. Which, nice. Uh, have you driven any of the v- bigger vehicles?
0: No, not. I've a bus. Bus is the a bus is the biggest vehicle I've driven.
1: Okay. There's uh, there's the dump truck. The dump truck is a uh, a big dump truck. As in, it has a staircase that you have to go up to uh, go up to get into. Right. Right. Uh, It is fucking horrific. It drives like it's made of styrofoam. It has no weight to it. Uh, It has the turning radius of an island. And I can only imagine the monster truck's probably worse because it's faster. The dump truck is slow as fuck. So the fact that it's... Bouncy. If you hit something, you kind of pop up because the physics don't know what to quite make of uh, you know that big object hitting something. Right. So I could only imagine the monster truck is worse, and that's a reward. And uh, is there anything else? Uh, I'm just double checking the the collectible list. Uh, vintage parts. Uh, Daredevil Jumps, which gets you uh, uh, the Monster Truck, Rebel Shrines, oh, Ancient Tombs, which I haven't done yet. Uh, Which gives you a couple different items. Uh, I haven't touched those, so I don't know what it is. And that's it! It just doesn't feel like there's any real reason to do any of it because unless you really want a particular weapon or, you know, you just happen to find enough of the tapes that make it worthwhile, because once you liberate a province, it shows you as question marks where everything is on the map in that area. Yeah, so I've noticed so, that. So, so it's pretty easy to start knocking those out, especially if you have a good
0: mode of transportation. It just feels like, ah, right? Got my wingsuit, best mode transportation there is. Except when you strap a fucking rocket to it, and some rockets, <laughs> or, or, or <laughs> some missiles. Measles measles they make everything better
1: yeah what uh, uh well uh, air to surface missiles mm-hmm,
0: I love hacking those things the the surface to air missiles uh, oh the, they're di- just letting the helicopters show up and watch them die, yeah, yeah, one of the naval bases uh they were talking
1: about. Oh, watch out, the Commanders, uh, before they even finished the sentence, I had hacked all the surface-to-air missiles, so they just locked on and blew the Commander out of the sky. This was the second time I had to do this, because the first time, I just figured, okay, well, I'll humiliate the Commander, grab his helicopter, and then kill him with it. Well, he fell through the ground, and just was falling forever, and, well, yeah, I couldn't do anything to him, because, you know, he was something like... Uh, somewhere in the Earth's core, but he hadn't died yet. So, I had to f- you know, go back, uh, you know, far enough away that basically he reset. Uh, and then that time before he uh, came back in, uh, hacked all the surface-to-air missiles, so, yeah, you know, he blew up.
0: Nice. Um, I don't I don't think I have anything else to say about it. I mean, it's it like I said, it's really enjoyable. There's some stupid shit in it. Vehicle vehicle controls are terrible, but in general, it's a really enjoyable game that I'm definitely gonna keep playing. Yeah,
1: yeah. I just uh, I wish the collectibles made more impact. Maybe they would if you know I care about the. Uh, some of the weapons, or some of the vehicles. I mean, the fact that they tied the upgrade system to vehicle challenges, though, and then kind of de-emphasized using vehicles because they suck, is a head-scratcher to me. I just don't get that one.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of using vehicles, or vehicles something, Uh, the last game I have on my list is Transport Fever 2. Um, I've talked about both of these game, this game's predecessors, Train Fever and then Transport Fever quite a bit. Um, at first glance, Transport Fever 2 looks like a graphical improvement to the first Transport Fever with the addition of a lot of new vehicles. It adds, um, previously there was, uh, American and European vehicles, which was basically um, Western Europe and then the United States. Um, Now they have added Asian vehicles, which is uh, there's stuff in there from China, Japan, India, and Russia. Um, And then they have also added additional aircraft, ships, and then to the United States and European stuff, they've added other things as well. Um, you know, a new train here or there or some new trucks, new, you know, whatever, just little things there. And it's, like I said, sort of at first glance, it just looks like, well, they've added all this stuff and that's pretty cool. But the game is 100% completely reworked and different under the hood. Everything is different and it's better. Um, they have made it easier and more understandable to get detailed information about the map. All of your graphs for shipping cargo and passengers, Um, the graphs are more readable, understandable. They've improved their UI a lot, so it's much more easily navigable. They've improved and completely changed the route management system and vehicle management system. It's a lot easier to go in and find things, and if you need to replace vehicles or if you want to change their maintenance schedule, or, you know, tweak other things, you can do that. There's also kind of a set it and forget it setting where you can just like maximize the amount of maintenance that everything gets. And that basically makes it like hella expensive, but it lasts forever. So you don't have to worry about replacing it if you've got like a super duper profitable line and you just are just like, fuck it. I don't I don't want to mess with this for a little while. Um, they've completely overhauled or not overhauled, but they've changed the time system. Previously, you could just fast forward or pause the game. So, it, you know, it played at one speed, the dates advanced at that speed and you could make it go faster. But that was it. Now you can control date progression and time progression independently from one another. So if you want to stay in a particular era, say maybe you want to stay in the early game um, to have to focus on the limitations that come from the slower um, less powerful trains for example then you can either pause the timeline or set it to where the time progresses at either half speed or quarter speed like date time I should say where dates progress at half or quarter speed um, but you can still speed the actual game play up so that you're not having to wait for you know 87 years for anything to happen um, you can speed date progression up to four times normal speed and then you can bump it down to a quarter speed, and and basically anything in between. Um, so you can speed up through like really boring times, slow down, or even pause date progression uh, to stay to get to or stay in particular eras, which I have enjoyed. There's a good middle chunk in the game from like the 1930s to the 1970s, where that you have a good mix of steam, diesel, and electric trains, um, but you know, the, then the steam drops off. And then if you're playing America, the electric trains drop off and it, it's nice to have that variety. So playing through that more slowly or, or pausing the, the date progression altogether is, it's fun. Cause it's for me, it's, you know, I like to play with my trains. So it's nice to have all of the different things available and can jump around and check out different things. Um, they've completely overworked the aircraft system. You now have cargo aircraft by default. Um, there were mods that added a lot of this stuff in, but it's all in the base game and it's done much better than the mods were because the mods, you know, as they often do, were kind of working with systems that weren't designed to do what the mods are trying to do. And it can be a little janky. Now this stuff is built in. There's cargo aircraft by default, which can be extremely useful when dealing with the map sizes, which are much larger this time. Um, and you can also scale the amount of cities and industries that are in the game. Um, that varies by map size as well, but it can be as few as four cities up to a maximum of 28, I believe, for like the super giant map. And then industries as low as like 20 up to a maximum of like a couple hundred based on your map size and the settings. Um, they've added a tropical setting, which is basically like an island chain, but that makes naval or not naval, that makes ships a lot more viable. You also can actually create waterways. Uh, Previously, there there were terrain manipulation tools, but you couldn't create additional water pathways. So shipping was extremely limited, and you basically had to just sit there and refresh the map generation until you got something with enough usable waterways to, to use shipping. But now, with the tropical island setting and then the ability to actually create waterways and dig out canals and stuff, uh shipping becomes a lot more viable option um and then the most well okay so there's also station modification so also previously one you had to build two separate stations for everything so if you wanted to you have uh for example a line that supported both cargo and passenger trains you would have to uh, at some point separate it off into the city and create you know a, one cargo station and one passenger station It got really weird, and if you didn't pre-plan it, like in the early, early stages of the game, as cities grew, it would become either stupid expensive or just weird to wipe out like half of a city to plop down this train station and set up your rail line. Um, Now you can use, or stations are modular, so you can have mixed stations that can handle cargo or passengers. You can add on to them later. Um, You can add additional terminals. So that if you've got a station that starts out small and you've only got one terminal, but then you want to add a second one, you can, and a third one, and so forth. You can increase their the actual station platform size, which allows you to h- handle more cargo or more people at a station without hitting the overflow penalties. Because when you hit those people, and or people and goods kind of just start to disappear to represent like they got tired of waiting and they left or the goods expired, something like that. So larger stations let you get a lot more volume in before you hit the overflow penalty. Um, And then the most important thing is under the hood, everything has been completely reworked with how the game calculates needs for cities and calculates passenger travel. Um, Previously, the simplest way to explain it and be hopefully as, as least boring as possible. The whole thing used to work on timers. And if you could get people somewhere fast enough or if you could get goods somewhere fast enough, then, you know, you could, the the demand would be there. But it created a lot of really unrealistic scenarios. And for someone like me who's actually really interested in creating, like, these distributed networks or sort of different, like, hub and spoke systems or, um, you know, daisy chaining certain types of, you know, there's a lot of different shit you can try to test efficiency and just sort of enjoy. Um, But everything just sort of turned into like, I'm just going to fill this roadway with a thousand trucks. That way that the way the game is calculating the time is that it's like 10 seconds or something so that I can get demand across the entire map for everything. Now, not all cities demand all goods, which is a little weird and that it's like, why don't you want food city like phoenix arizona why don't you want food everyone needs to eat but well, they do not want it from you <laughs> fair enough um not all cities want all goods um so that leads to some interesting sometimes circ- circuitous routes to get stuff to places um and need for things is no longer generated by timers um i've i've had routes where it takes maybe like um something 45 minutes of game time like calculated for it to get there or 45 minutes of real time rather and it still generates demand and the whole thing works for passenger travel or cargo timers the timing still matters for passengers a little bit and, and that makes sense because it's like who wants to sit around and wait for you know two hours of well in, in game time, I guess two hours of, of real time would be like 10 years in the game. It's like, who wants to wait 10 years for a fucking boat to come and get me and take me to work in the next city over? Um, but generally, if you create, especially in the early game, like if you create a route, people will take it. There's no other way for them to get around. Once cars become a thing, um, the timers really come into play a lot more for passenger travel. But there seem to be no limits on how many hops a good can go through and there doesn't seem to be any limits on how how long it takes something to get somewhere for for calculating demand like if a city has the demand and you set up a route where that the good can make it to the city then everything will just work and you know you might have slow city growth if you're not providing steady uh regular um resources to it but i mean it's still going to grow there's still going to be demand and the route's still going to work which is just mwah. Because it it it's, it lets you actually set up these distribution hubs. Whereas before, that might add too much time or add too many sort of hops for a good to take, and then the route would just fall apart because the game would be like, ah, it, it can't get here fast enough. Fuck you, we don't need it. So, my uh, I've started several games sort of as I've learned all of these systems. I've got one right now where I'm in the 1940s And it's called quarter speed all the way. And I've been playing the entire game with it on, on one quarter date progression speed. So it's taken me a long fucking time to get to the, to get there. Aircraft have finally helped me get to some stuff. Like I've got like one city that's sitting out like on an island by itself. And it's just been left alone the entire time. And I've got like these crazy train routes going across the entire map and Fucking horses and trucks everywhere, boats. I've dug like my own Panama Canal because it's a digging out canals is stupid fucking expensive, but it's wonderful because boats have massive cargo capacities that can outpace everything until like the nineteen fifties, where you can get trains that are big enough and long enough to to finally like out you know outpace them cargo wise. And they're so cheap compared to everything else in the game, so it's it's offset by a really high cost to actually create canals and and waterways, but it's worth it. So, I mean, in in general, those are the big, huge, massive changes to the game. It had mod support right out the gate. There's a ton of mods already for it. It's mostly adding other you know trains, trucks, planes, etc. But there's some other mods that quality of life stuff, like higher contrast colors for the the different uh, infographic modes and uh, custom generated maps and stuff like that. I'm sure more will come. The game's only been out for a month, give or take. But uh, it's very good. If you like this type of game, buy it. If you don't, I don't think this will change your mind, but I love it. So, yep. That's all the games that we've played this past whatever time they came from. Couple weeks. Couple weeks, yeah.
1: Give or take. So, how about a game nobody's playing unless you need to hit the elevator? No, I'm good. So, uh, Rockstar is having issues again, but hey, it's not with GTA V. Nope.
0: Rockstar has removed GTA 4 from Steam because of games for Windows Live. Yeah, hey, how about that? Game for Live is dead,
1: yet it's still screwing up games. How about that? that? That takes some talent. So basically, all of a sudden, Rockstar removed GTA four from Steam. And actually, everywhere else, but Steam is the one that got the most attention. And there was some rampant speculation, particularly because uh, a couple years back, They actually patched GTA San Andreas and upgraded it, but then removed a bunch of songs from the playlist because uh, they no longer had the rights to do that because video games don't get perpetual music license, because of course they don't. So, everybody was wildly speculating, and nobody saw this coming, that Rockstar is no longer able to generate keys because Microsoft took down games from Windows Live, so And that was the DRM that uh, GTA 4 was running, and it was running the multiplayer, which has since gone pretty much dead because you can't connect to an offline server now, can you? Nope. And there's actually been some people reporting having severe issues even getting the game to run because it requires a Windows logon unless you already had an account set up. Uh, It's a bit to get installed and honestly haven't even bothered trying to to be able to confirm it. But yeah, it it seems like (laughs) this is uh, something that they should should have seen coming. Huh?
0: Yeah. I wondered when this was going to happen. Honestly, like, I mean, I hoped it didn't because we have GTA four on our game club list. I've played it a couple of times previously. I have thought about playing it again. And I mean, I, you know, it's not like we couldn't, but man, it sounds like it's going to be a hassle unless they do something to fix it, and I don't expect them to. Yeah, So, well,
1: supposedly they're in the process of working on it. But this is a Rockstar, and they've also been working on single-player content for GTA V for ages. Yeah. So, uh, good luck with that, I suppose. Uh, it's more of just a, what the hell, right? I mean, they... Have stupid amounts of money from GTA 5's uh, multiplayer. Just fix this, you know? Put it on Steamworks. Uh, put it on whatever, right? Uh, put it on your shitty launcher, because I know that that's probably going to be the solution in the long run. Once you have know, that one poor intern that's having to sit there trying to pull through the code to figure out where the hell they integrated games from Windows Live stuff,
0: right? Yeah. That poor intern. Yeah. Hopefully they remember to feed and water him. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's how they lost the last three, right? <laughs> yeah, that and crunch hours—they overworked him to death.
1: Yeah, well, they could always just send him over to CD, Project Red.
0: Yeah, I've seen seen about that. Yeah, Watched I did put it on the video because I
1: wasn't—I wasn't sure if there was a lot to talk about there, but uh, extended crunch—not a good sign. Not a good sign.
0: All right, nope, not a good sign. I um, mean, is there, is there
1: really anything else to talk about this outside of just kind of a PSA? Hey, uh, if you haven't played GTA 4, um, you're not going to be able to do so legitimately for a while, you may want to just go ahead and power it, that thing. It's kind of funny, also. This is another case of uh, DRM hurting the. Actual customer instead of the pirates because GTA Four got cracked pretty quickly,
0: right? Yeah, I believe so.
1: I mean, most, on uh, most
0: things do though, honestly.
1: Yeah, and if I recall correctly, GameSir does love, at least back in the day caused some severe performance issues. And GTA 4 isn't exactly light when it comes to performance anyway because they did this weird procedural uh, animation uh, system that, honestly, did,
0: has anybody uh, really used that these days? I don't know, actually. I don't know. Because, I haven't seen uh, anything about anything like that in some time.
1: Yeah, GTA 4... Uh, hang on, I'm trying to remember exactly... Uh, t- 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 yeah, It's this procedural uh, Euphoria uh, uh, Software that they use Essentially it, it was Kind of a combination of a Soft body uh, rigging uh, Over a skeleton So it, In theory I mean it does happen Occasionally uh, The uh, uh, Ragdogs won't just glitch into each other Like they do on let's say Uh Source, where you can just have limbs just flying around like crazy. It does a kind of this constrained, uh, realistic body movements. It looks like it's pretty much uh just Rockstar stuff. Uh, it is built into the Rockstar Advanced Game Engine or Rage. Hey, wait a minute! They <laughs> stole my thing. Nice. Uh, so it so it is in GTA Five. So yeah, that's where it is these days, and not really anybody else is using it. Uh, uh, Max Paint. It looks like it's pretty much just a rockstar thing, which is kind of sad actually, because that was a, a really groundbreaking thing back in the day, wasn't it? Uh, Euphoria is a game uh, animation engine uh, based on the dynamic motion synthesis. Uh, uh, per, yeah. Yeah, it basically animates 3D characters on the fly. Uh, it, it's really uh, quite impressive in uh, at least the uh, GTA four. where if a character gets drunk, they realistically stagger and uh, move around and are a bitch to control, but yeah, hey, they're drunk, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm a bitch to control when I'm drunk. Yeah, until you throw up in
1: the bathtub, right? Then then you get better.
0: yeah. In some ways, I get better. In some ways, I get worse.
1: <laughs> oh, but yeah. But that's part of the reason why GTA four had such ludicrous system requirements back in the day was that it was using that procedural system. On top of Games from Windows Live doing some shenanigans in the background. But it looks like, well, nobody's going to be playing it for a bit unless you already own it, which is... Uh, Just Rockstar, right? What the hell, right? Yep. I mean, sure, they're evil, but at least they're somewhat competent.
0: Unlike Bethesda. Somewhat competent? competent,
1: Totally evil. No, uh, Bethesda's completely incompetent.
0: Uh, Yeah, I was saying Rockstar. Somewhat competent, totally evil. Bethesda, mostly incompetent. Totally evil. At least when they're in the, they're in charge of developing. If they're
1: in charge of publishing, you know, as long as they keep their sticky little fingers out of it. Right? Indeed. So, uh,
0: shall we move along to the next topic unless you have something to say? Nope, I'm good. Let's move along to the next topic. Every so, Half-Life uh, game is free to play on Steam for the next two months. Yeah, if you ever played Half Life, now's the time, right? Indeed. Um, Half Life One, Two, and is it also the like? what is it Half Life Blue, whatever? That's like the... Blue Shift.
1: Uh, yeah, oh, that's uh, free as well for the next couple months. Uh, if even if you don't own it, it's part of a promotion for Half Life Alex, uh, their VR title. They're letting people go back and play the old shit, which. Uh, there's Half-Life is one of those games that I'm not sure if it's aged well or has it aged all that well just because it was groundbreaking at the time but it became so bog standard because everybody uh, took ideas from it because it was so revolutionary.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking about playing Half-Life 1 and 2 during this time. I don't know if I actually will or not. But I mean, I have Half-Life 2 because uh, I ha- got the orange box. Yeah, I have Half-Life 2. I've had Half-Life 2 for a long time. I haven't played it. Um, I've yeah, never I'm just... played Half-Life 1. So I'm thinking about playing them. I mean, the time is right. Yeah, it's kind
1: of funny. I type in Half-Life 2 and... Uh... When i got a game called half dead uh, 2 or half two <laughs> two half dead squared uh uh from google which just looks like this horrible horrible asset uh, uh yeah flip
0: nice half dead 2 um but well, yeah
1: uh, i, I-, I kind of uh, i didn't do uh all the dlc's for half life 2 because uh, I naively really thought that they were going to release uh, the third installment uh, sometime in my uh, natural lifespan. <laughs> right. Right. Good luck with that. Uh, but both, of, I think, both of the games—they're uh, really heavy on story, uh, if you know where to look. Because it's one of those things that's—it's it's told through gameplay and not through directly telling you what's going on. You have to infer a bit of it. From what I recall at least. But because they were uh, so groundbreaking at the time and so many people or so many uh, developers used them as inspiration, back and playing Half-Life 2 later uh, felt so kind of dated because uh, it's, oh, well, this idea was done better here, here, and here, but that's not really fair because... This game came out in 2004. And honestly, character model-wise, the game still doesn't look that bad. World-wise, it looks a little dated, but that's, yeah, it's a fucking old game. Right. But uh, the uh, in-between sections where you're doing all the puzzle... uh, uh, solving because they were showing off the physics engine in Half Life Two. It's like, oh, here's another seesaw sh- uh, uh, puzzle. Oh, here's another, you know, kind of, you know, throw things in here to move the crane, which is boring by today's standards, but in 2004 that was mind blowing, you know. Yeah, and it's kind of uh, real just physics looking, interactions.
0: Yeah, yeah it's cool like stuff.
1: yeah, it's kind of like just looking back and not really. Uh, appreciating it because, you know, we, you know, have 15 some years of game development past this. I will say that it's still very worthwhile playing and because it's not a modern shooter, it's actually uh, rather enjoyable, especially whenever you don't have things like regenerating health, so you have to be a little bit more strategic. Because that's really nice, huh?
0: Yeah. I uh I think I'm gonna try. I'm not gonna promise that I'm gonna play them. But I think I'm gonna try. Like I think I I think I mentioned this. Like I'm trying to play uh twelve games in twenty twenty, so it averages one a m- once a month. And, you know, not only would I be going back and playing the original Half Life, which I've never played before, but I would be adding to that list if I beat it.
1: Well, our game club for next month isn't that demanding, so that would be a good time to do it, but we do have a demanding game coming up in March, so, uh, yep, yeah, that you may want to use that to get some more time on the March game club,
0: possibly, possibly, uh, um, and uh, and tease, 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 right? Yes, yes, indeed. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. All Jared, right, put your
1: put your skirt back down. They don't want to see that.
0: Too late. Oops, did I? Do My that? eyes. <laughs> All right. Moving on to our last news topic, which is going to go by pretty quick. Joe Biden calls game developers, quote, little creeps who make titles that, quote, teach you how to kill. Fuck Joe Biden. Oh, I think that about sums it up. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, this is just, what the hell, right? I mean, you seem so out of touch
0: with literally everything, huh? He's very old. I assume that's part of it. I mean, you know, I know that that doesn't necessarily mean, because, I mean, Bernie Sanders is, is an old dude, and he seems to either understand or have enough people around him that do understand and be, and is willing to listen. But I liked Joe Biden when he was the VP, but, I mean, there could have been a lot of stuff that I wasn't as into politics then or, you know, paid attention as much. He could have been this way for a long time, and I just didn't notice. But, I mean, it really sucks. Like, there's so much information and research that says that neither of those things is true. Yeah, well, let's uh, go ahead and look at the quote,
1: uh, the big one. Uh, And then, uh, 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 let's see, this was uh, for which uh, gaming Executive uh, 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 Bond was referring to as a creep. Gotaku has... Some theories about who the person might be, including uh, EA's then-CEO, John Recruccio. And then uh, one of these righteous people said to me that, you know, we are the economic engine of America. We are the ones, and uh, and fortunately I had done a little homework before I went and said, you know, find it fascinating. Brian continued, as I added up the seven outfits, everyone there but Microsoft, I said, you have fewer on, people on your payroll than all the losses that General Motors has just faced in the last quarter of employees. So don't lecture me about how you've created all this employment. The point is, there's an arrogance about it—an overwhelming arrogance that we are, uh, we are the ones. We could do what we want to do. I just disagree. Um, you're forgetting. <sighs> okay. Well, first of all. Saying that only the developers are the ones that are being fueled by the game industry is delusional. I think that's fair to say because you have the entire underpinning of uh, the sales staff. Uh, You have support teams. You have quite a bit, actually, when you said think about it. And just the amount of money games industries makes, right? I mean, it is the biggest entertainment industry. Bar done. Right? Yeah. And talking about how it just kids to kill. Well, gee, if only we had a, a psychiatrist here that could talk about that.
0: I mean, I've we've talked. I've talked ad nauseum about that. It's not true. We know it's not true. I don't need to go into that part again. I think, back to the last thing you said, actually, I think the film... I can't remember if the video game industry passed the film industry or if it was, like, right behind it. But it was, like, right there uh, last year or maybe two years ago. So if it's not the biggest, it's the second biggest.
1: Yeah, and he's talking about how games uh, teach uh, you how to kill. Uh, And how is... uh... Okay, so are you going to go after Hollywood for having violent movies? Are you going to go after uh, uh, that rap music for you know being all gangsta? I mean, if you're going after violent media, being an, an active participant, and I'm using active participant in massive sarcasm quotes with uh, the fact that you're holding a controller, well... I would say a fair amount of people have this thing where they can tell reality from fiction. Now, my Facebook feed may disagree with that at some points, but that's
0: beside the point. Wait for Jared to chuckle. I'm I'm making a face and, like, shaking my head like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But the thing is that... There's been no proof
1: that it does anything but have have a positive impact by being an outlet. And, okay, well, what about the people that yell at movies or really get into a TV show whenever, you know, there's a mass murder going on or, you know, when a character that you hate gets killed? Aren't you invested? Aren't you uh, being a participant? No, you didn't pull the trigger or chop off the head with a giant fucking sword or shove a pineapple up uh, Hitler's ass, but you're still invested. You're still part of the scene. So how is it so different?
0: Yeah. Fuck you, Joe Biden. I hope I'm not having to choose between you and the agent. The moldy orange. The orange. Yeah. hope that's not my choice. I mean, I'll pick you if that's my choice, because fuck that Trump guy, bastard, but I don't want it to be that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Trump
1: is just out of touch. I mean, I could use that, uh, you know, just stop that sentence right there, but I yeah. mean, they used a video to illustrate, oh, well, I'm just reading I used a video to illustrate video game violence back in 2018, which was blamed for following a mass shooting, which uh, was where we started this whole restart of uh, video games cause violence in the first place because
0: Trump is a bigger dipshit. So back to gaming versus movies as an industry. The game industry, if you exclude mobile, the game industry pulled in nearly double what the movie, the film industry did. If you include mobile gaming, it's triple. Yeah, and that's the thing, is that uh, he's looking at
1: the AAA industry and saying, well, you guys aren't so big. You only uh, employ a few hundred people. But he's not really considering... Literally anybody that could produce a game these days. I mean, how many, well, not even including mobile, which really lowers the bar, but how many one-person development teams have we seen spring up in the last few years? How many handful, sub-five development teams have we seen pop up in the last few years? that were runaway indie successes quite you uh, just saying that there's not a lot of employees does not discredit the entire industry you fucking nitwit
0: indeed um yeah, fuck Joe Biden. Fuck you, Joe Biden. Yeah, uh, there was a, a, a
1: Reddit comment I saw a, a while back for Joe Biden. Uh, It was, I would vote against him in the spring, but begrudgingly vote for him in the fall. Meaning that if he somehow wins the primary, which he's slipping because... Uh, he's kind of gone off the deep end, especially with video game violence and marijuana.
0: Yeah, those two things have kind of slid him way off the radar of of many voters, particularly in the younger younger crowd. Yeah,
1: yeah, the younger crowd is just going okay, boomer at this point.
0: <laughs> oh, oh my. <laughs> That's an interesting phrase that I hear several times a day. Oh, really? Sometimes used. But yeah, I hear that a lot from the younger people that I see and people I follow on Twitter.
1: Uh, I haven't really paid attention to Twitter all that much lately.
0: Well, for the most part, you're not missing stuff. Not missing anything. Yeah, I, I mean, follow some I interesting know. people on Twitter now who who post a lot of things. One person in particular who is more uh, an anarchist than anything, and so they have lots of interesting things they post. Oh, really? Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm gonna have to fill up my Twitter feed with some interesting people. I mean, I do have God, so you know, yeah, he po-
0: pops up every so often. <laughs> Indeed. That's that the the only place I follow God is on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, let's see.
1: Has he t- uh, uh uh latest tweet from God. Sometimes you could spend so much time uh, staring at your phone, and forget about all the beauty around you. So be sure to Google Maybe
0: that. Google that. <laughs>
1: nice. Uh, Thank you for praying to God. All angels are currently busy assisting other galaxies. We appreciate your penance. Your plea is important to us. Please stay on your knees and your prayer will be answered in the order they are received. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Uh, uh, One more. Uh, Sorry, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, it should say to move forward in the queue, please prostrate yourself.
1: Uh, Announcement. As of today, my son is Stepping away from his heavenly duties, will no longer be referred to as son of God, will no longer receive funds from Christianity, will repay indigenous people for the cost of missionary work, will spend most of his time in Canada. (laughs) Nice. Oh. The one place I follow God, right?
0: I'm now following Satan. I've never thought to like follow Satan, so I'm not uh, following well, Satan. Uh,
1: well, 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 let's just put it this way: uh, I'm on tweets from uh, the tweet, uh, the tweet of God. Yeah, and it says you may also like God, Seth Rogen, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice.
0: So, uh, <laughs> what Satan did you find? <laughs> Um, the one that's at S8N. So on January the 18th, Satan, even I get offended when someone says go to hell. I don't want you here either. (laughs) And then Uh, a link to something called Barstool Sports, and it just, it just says what? That's the one that, that's the one I found. (laughs) Yeah, scientists want to start jerking off dead bodies to collect their sperm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: uh, come to hell the high,
1: the ice cream machine in McDonald's is
0: never broken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who to follow? Jack Septic-Eye, makes sense in relation to Satan, and Matt Pat from game and movie theories, which also <laughs> makes sense. Matt Pat annoys the shit out of me. He's not a bad person. It's just his voice makes me kind of want to punch him in the face. Uh, Stop asking Jesus to grab the wheel. He can't drive. (laughs) Unvaccinated kids are not accepted into hell. (laughs) Makes sense. Makes sense that even Satan doesn't want them there.
1: So we got uh you know, kind of off track, but we did.
0: So uh, that's hardly new, is it? No, it's not. Moving forward, we didn't have a community corner on for this week. Um, With Game Night Gone, that was kind of one of the regular things that kept us in community corner. So please send us your letters, voicemails, tweets, images, discord messages, carrier pigeons. Uh, please don't throw a brick with a letter tied to it through my window, although I will accept that for the show. Just you'll have to pay to fix my window. Uh, well, is
1: that what the Patreon for, is for?
0: Uh, yeah. Tell them about all those things. <laughs> well, you can e-
1: email us at VGLpodcast at gmail.com or just tweet us, VGLpodcast, on the Twitter. So, Discovery Queue
0: we are running up against when I like to start winding down and getting ready for bed. I would appreciate heading towards the end of the show. Okay. We could do that. So, uh, rage hit them with them. Socials. Well,
1: I've been caffeine rage. You can find me on YouTube. Gaming with caffeine rage. You can find me on steam. Caffeine rage. You can find me on Twitter. If you grab my attention, uh,
0: uh, gaming with CR, and you've been. You can find me on the YouTube's by searching for Gaming Psychologist on Twitter at JMA four seven zero seven, and on Steam at J four seven zero seven.
1: And if you wish to let them know what episode of the podcast you are coming from, the password for this week is Garbanzo Bean.
0: Interesting. Garbanzo Bean. Uh, is one just of my random, random ones. One? Okay. Yeah. Not a super big fan of garbanzo beans. They're okay, you know, when prepared the, the right way. But they're not my favorite.
1: Dara, okay ask what's your favorite
0: bean. Oh, that's tough. Um, you can do a lot of stuff with pinto beans. I like yeah, them. True. I'm not a big fan of black beans, honestly. Green beans also, depending on how you prepare them and cook them, you can do a lot of different stuff with them. Mm, probably pinto beans. They're good to yeah. eat. They go well in all kinds of stuff. Or you can you can mash them up into refried beans, and I like those.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if I would really have a favorite because you know I, I only eat beans every so often, so which is probably a good thing, actually. Because we don't need to turn my apartment into a gas chamber. <laughs> Hi, Because it's already a uh, double one already. Alrighty then. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're getting rather silly because it's late. What can I say? But if you wish to help with this illness or try to get us in line, you can email us, vglpodcast, at gmail.com, with your letters, voicemails, or, creating, or gaming-related topics, or just tweet them to us, vglpodcast, on the Twitter. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this as bad as possible. You can find out more at patreon.com slash vglpodcast. And you can also go over to our website, vglpodcast.podbean.com, which hosts the show notes, the RSS feed, links to all our stuff online, or you can just find us on your podcatcher of choice. Our intro and after music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod, and you can find his work
0: over at Incomputech.com, and... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. See you next time. Bye-bye.